we are halfway through the 2021-22 academic year, and there have been many opportunities to celebrate already. We like to roll with the times and shout out our accomplishments as they occur, especially when our students are involved. Today is one of those times. Hosted by Dr. Brad Schultz and Amanda Price, this is Mustangs Unbridled. The 2021-22 school year has already seen two athletic teams win state championships. With the spring athletic season about to begin, there are opportunities for more teams to win state championships and then get to record a podcast with us before the end of the year. Last month, the second title was secured when Lipscomb Academy's co-ed bowling team won state. Joining us today are bowling team members, senior Jenna Hedgepath and junior Max Tweet. Let's spare no time and jump right in. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for having us. I'm excited. Me too. So the girls team won state in 2020 and in 2021, girls were runner up. This year, we have a co-ed team that won state. So what did you kind of learn about each other? Also a different dynamic of the team too, right? Uh, What did you learn or what did you enjoy uh, different aspects that way? I think the first thing we learned about each other is self-respect. Having girls on a boys team and like having sometimes a girl as an anchor or a girl starting over a boy, I just took a lot of respect from one another. And I think we really like at the end of the season, we saw that we really became like a family. We got really close. We were eating dinners after bowling, not even planned, but we gained like self-respect for each other, no matter if it's a boy or a girl on the team. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved being uh co-ed because obviously we brought, you know, very talented bowlers to um, just, you know, come together, but also like all the people when we would be separate boys and girls, we wouldn't have, you know, as many people together because we'd have different times doing stuff, but being all together on one team, like helped me um because everyone was cheering for the same people everyone was there at the same time and so i don't know i really enjoyed being co-ed and i wouldn't i wouldn't mind doing that in the future for sure well jenna you are a two-time individual state champion and you were twice named tennessee miss bowler you're very talented and for spectators who watch you bowl it looks like you have been bowling your whole life when did you actually start bowling and who introduced you to the sport I started bowling when I was six years old, so I've been going on almost 12 years of it. Um, My mom actually introduced me to bowling. She was like, do you want to go bowling one night? And I was like, sure. So she took me to the bowling center, and I saw the bowling ball and shoes you could get for like $90 or something. And I was like, mom, I want a ball and shoes. And she was like, okay, well, I'll get you a ball and shoes if you join a league. Because at the time, I wasn't doing a sport. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. So then I started bowling ever since. Like my first season of bowling, I made Tennessee top five and then won. So after that, it was just, I never wanted to stop. Was your mom in a bowling league? My mom wasn't. None of my family bowls. It was just a outing to have fun. And then it turned into my future. It's the best $90 ever, right? Exactly. <laughs> So what do you, Max, what do you like about bowling? Well, uh, my brother, my brother did bowling for, I think, two years. And so, and he loved it, like loved everything about the team here. And so I wanted to join. And so I actually joined uh, in ninth grade, but I didn't get a lot of bowling in because I played basketball. And so, and then 10th grade, I really started taking bowling seriously. And it's, it's super fun, like, because it's like, a, it feels more like a game to me, but it's also super serious. 
And so I'm enjoying like every moment, every like ball that I throw down the line is like super fun for me. And so, yeah, I would encourage everyone to join bowling because I don't know, it's a lot more fun than some sports that I've tried. And you played one year with your brother, right? Uh, yes, ma'am. I did. How My was that? Year. Uh, it was super fun. Uh, I loved being on the team with him. I got to start, I think, two two games uh, with him actually on the boys' team, and, and yeah, that was super fun. So, first of all, congratulations on an undefeated season. Also, not just the state championship, sixteen and zero. That's amazing. Now, I know Coach Benson has poured into you guys as student athletes, um, but there's other things outside of just the game of bowling that hopefully the coaches are pouring into you. What are some lessons that you've learned from Coach Benson and Coach Ford uh, that you'll take with you throughout the rest of your life? I think one big life lesson um, Coach Benson and Kara Ford has taught us was bringing God into our sports. Um, every week we would have a word of the week that implied a bowling term. So if it was foul line or strike, and she would find Bible verses to allow us to connect bowling and God into one. And I thought it was really cool. And but then she also let me do a couple. And like I think it really just helped me grow my faith, but also with the sport I love the most. So I thought it was really awesome because she taught me really how to bring my bowling and faith into one instead of keeping it separate. And yeah, so when we were doing those words, I think that one of the, one of the weeks Coach Benson, Coach Coach Benson, um, mentioned moving a mountain, and so like every time we would have like a big game or like the tournaments, region, state, we would talk about how we need to move this mountain, and so it's like or like climb the mountain. It's like something we have to you know conquer, and so we brought that in like into our season all the way throughout, and it was like the state championship was like the the final mountain that we had to conquer or move, and so we, we can also apply that to our lives, like everything that we deal with, we just have to you know, move the mountain that we're dealing with. And so I really learned a lot from that. And I uh, like to think about that while I'm, you know, dealing with stuff in my life. Well, it's good to hear that she has been integral in your spiritual development. Are there any other role models or mentors that you've had in your life that have just inspired you to be the best athlete that you can be? Uh, obviously, my parents, uh, they've encouraged me in every sport that I've done and um, want me to be the best that I can be. Uh, a lot of my friends are super encouraging. Uh, people like Ford and Seth always encourage me to be my best and uh, will sometimes even go bowling with me. And um, also, I watched a video of, because I wanted to be, you know, ba- just just do basketball for a lot of my life. And then one time I watched a video of um, uh, Mookie Betts. He's one of the best baseball players in the USA, but he's also a really, really good bowler. And I thought that was super cool that he's like, does two sports. And so... I don't know I wanted to be like kind of like that. I mean, I'm not. I'm probably not as good as him, but I like playing two sports. And I don't know. He encouraged me with his um, his bowling game. Now that was Ford Austin and Seth Hagen. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. And of the three of you, do you dominate? Uh, I do. Okay. I, I would have to say that. You know, they're they're good at they're good at hockey, football, but I take bowling every time. <laughs> I would say my biggest role model or mentor would be my parents too. My parents have poured every ounce into me so I could do bowling in the future. They've given me coaches and they've taken me to tournaments across the country and they brought me to Lipscomb and they did everything that they could so that I could be here today. So that's a big thanks to them. And then also I would say like a little mentor would be Coach Starks. Um, Every week 
or every day he puts Bible verses on his Twitter. And when I was trying to find a college, I was going on my college visit that day and he put a Bible verse out on Twitter, which he had no idea that it would like apply to me. But every day I liked them. So I was reading it and I was like, oh my gosh, I needed to hear it. So when I saw it, I was like, that was just what I needed in the moment. And then so I kept reading it every day. And when I was deciding to make this decision and we would pray about it, we even put it on our fridge. And so like every day I would look at this verse. So I just thought it was really cool because Coach Starks had no idea how he was impacting people. But I mean, it impacted me the day that I saw it. Jenna, your high school bowling career is over, but there are several younger players coming up that, that were on the team this year, and then also a lot of students returning. Um, if you were to be here, if you were to come back and speak to them next year, uh, what, what are some things you would say to them about the season or to motivate them or inspire them? I would say as much work as you put in is the results you get. So I would say if they want it, they have to fight for it. I noticed this season when we wanted it, we fought for it. And I think that's what's going to keep our school a bowling state championship team for years to come. They need to fight for it, but they also need to become a team. Because I saw when we became a full team, that's when we did our best bowling. So I think that my advice would be be a team. And when y'all want it, you have to fight for it. It's never going to be handed to you. Max, you alluded just a few minutes ago to playing two sports, basketball and bowling. And this year, Coach Benson said you've had so much growth in your um, player development that you've had a lot of time to play in the matches. So being able to juggle two sports that overlap one another, in addition to all your academic work, it, it's proven that you're a leader. So next year when you are a senior, what what leadership skills do you want to show or mentor to those who are coming up behind you well thank you for calling me leader i appreciate that but um two sports obviously is a lot and we're about to start the tennis season actually i'm going to be playing tennis but all the coaches here are super supportive um they want you to excel at other things we um coach starks coach greer uh, coach benson coach ford all of them always want me to like you know be the best i can at everything that i'm doing and so if I like had to miss practice for, for uh, basketball for a while during like state and stuff like that, they were super encouraging. Um, Coach Starks, I would email him and be like, I cannot be a practice. I can't be a practice today. And he would always encourage me, always, you know, say that's totally fine. Like have fun, do your best. And so I just really appreciated that while I was balancing school. And um, my advice would be, I think you should try as much as you uh, try to do as many things as you can while you're in high school. Uh, high school sports are super duper fun. And, uh, it can be a lot, but if you balance your time well, I think that it can be super rewarding, uh, the lessons that you'll learn while doing high school sports. Um, yeah. So Jenna, you're actually graduating a full year early. Um, you've already committed and continuing your bowling career at Vanderbilt. So talking about graduating a full year early, how were you able to do that, number one? And then two, how difficult was it? So after COVID year, I decided that I wasn't really missing out on the full high school experience because COVID happened. So we were remote and I was like, mom, like, I feel like I was ready to go to college. I'm ready to take like the next path in my bowling career. So I was talking to my mom and I was like, mom, I think I want to graduate early. And we started looking into it. And so after like conversations with Dr. Savage and some of the board members, they said that I could do it, but it was going to take 
classes all over the summer and taking a class from spring to January of um, English three that I would be missing. So after that, we took, I took three or four summer classes so that I would be caught up coming into my senior year. And then I did um, an online class from another program called Apex so that I could do my English three because it has to be NCAA approved. So it wasn't the easiest thing. I mean, it was a lot of motivation. I mean, there were hard times where I just wanted to quit. And I'm like, why am I doing this? But then I'm like, well, I'm doing this for my future. But it, it was hard. So, I mean, it definitely takes effort and it takes, you got to stick to it if you're going to do it. But I wouldn't change it because I think it allowed me to grow a lot and it's starting like a new future. So I'm excited, but it was a lot. Max, you are the lead bowler. That means that you bowl the first and sixth frame and you set the tone for the whole match. So tell me, tell me about the pressure for that as being the lead bowler and how do you, how do you get your mind right? How do you set the set for your performance? It's definitely hard because so we bowl the first game against, and there's six starters, and you bowl against an individual person. And so if we ever didn't do good that game, we knew that we had to, like, turn it on for the Baker games. And so when I go in first a lot, I realized that I actually liked it. Um, I liked setting the tone. I liked going first and sixth. And so um, Coach Ford kept, kept putting me there, and I, I really liked it. And it's super important to set the tone. And even if you're doing bad, one of the most important things is to keep positive because if if I would, let's say I opened and didn't get a spare or a strike and then I let my body language, um, you know, go bad, uh, it affected a lot of other people. And so just being positive, encouraging, and um, doing good the first frame, obviously, uh, was super helpful for the rest of the games. And Jenna, you bowled the fifth and tenth frame. So can you describe for our listeners what is the strategy that puts you in those last two positions. So coach Benson and coach Ford would look at us after our individual games like that Max was talking about before we went into Baker. So whoever had the most strikes or the most consistent, usually with the highest game would go into the fifth and 10th because the 10th, you have a chance to throw three strikes. And sometimes it comes down to those three strikes or two strikes. We saw it before to win state. I had to throw two strikes to guarantee us going into the last game that we won state. And so it's, it's a lot of pressure, but they do it, the fifth and 10th framing so much because those couple pins count so much. So where Max was coming from, he was first and six, so he set the tone. So then how our boys in between the first and sixth frame do reflected on how much I could do for the team. So however that tone was depended on how that game went with us. Now, I heard that your competition at state was a little more intense than what you had regionally. So you've, you've got this great season where you're undefeated, and then you get to some teams you haven't played before that are a lot harder. How do you, how do you set your mind for that, knowing that it's a new mental game in the state tournament? I would say the new mental game comes from knowing that we have to work for it at that moment. Whatever we did in the off season, it comes off right now. And I think the mental part was we just had to try our hardest and we couldn't let it get in our head that, oh, we've never bowled them before or, oh, they're striking. What can, I can't do anything to fix it. 
it was just working and just becoming a team and keeping our energy up. So it was just no matter what we did in the off season, none of it mattered until that moment because state it's one and done. So we just had to come in with an open mind and really focus. And if we wanted it, we would have got it. And we did. So when I watch a baseball game, every pitch, I know how fast it is. And, uh, but I've seen bowling. I don't remember or recall seeing like how fast the ball is going, going down the lane. I guess I would ask, you know, do you guys, are is that something you're aware of? Like, Hey, this is my average ball speed. And then a question I would ask also is like the harder you throw it, the more likely you're to knock them all down. Well, I, I know my ball speed, but I don't pay too much attention to it. I would say that my first ball is usually around 16 or a little bit over miles an hour. And then my second ball, when I'm trying to get the spares a little slower, like 14 and to 15, something like that. And so obviously, throw, I think throwing it harder um, knocks down more pins. You can ask Jen, Jen about that. She's more of an expert than me. But uh, I'm not too focused on my ball speed, but I certainly, I certainly do look at it uh, on the screen from time to time. And I think it is very important. So I actually look at my ball speed a lot. My parents can vouch. They know immediately when I'm throwing the ball slower or if I'm throwing it too hard because you can see how the ball is rolling. So I look at it all the time because if I'm not striking or um, my ball's not hooking at all, I'm like, oh, I'm either throwing it too hard or too slow. So it really does matter um, how fast you are throwing it in my case because I've done this for so long so I know how to fix my game. And then... Sometimes speed does help you knock down. The guys on like tour, they throw the ball so fast. So you do see them knock down more pins. So it definitely does play into knocking down more pins. Well, my chance, I feel if I throw it harder, it might have a chance of coming out of the gutter and getting back on <laughs> with a chance. So that's that's kind of my strategy oh, on that. So. That's what's happened before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what have you mentioned a hook? So tell me what that is, and is that something that you both use? Is that a very common thing to do in bowling, and high school bowling as well? So I'm a one-handed bowler, and Max is two-handed. So I just have one hand that, like, allows me to hook the ball. So it's like how you roll over the ball makes it hook, and it also has to do with, like, the core of the ball because, like, inside there's a core that allows it to hook so much or so little in, like, the covering of the ball. So I hook the ball into the pocket. Okay, wait. Into the, what does into the pocket mean? So there's the head pin, and beside the head pin, there's two pins. So for a left-hander, it would be the head pin in the left side, and for a right-hander, it would be the right side in the head pin. Yeah, contrary to pop- popular belief, hitting the head pin straight on is not a good strategy. I learned that when I joined the bowling team. You actually the So I'm right-handed, and I do bowl two-handed. So like the perfect ball, I guess, would be pretty much directly in between the head pin and then behind that, like Jenna said, there's a two and a three pin. And so hitting the, hitting those on the right side and going through it, like the hook going through it, um, is what I try to do every single time. All right. So y'all have mentioned a few terms already, pocket and hook, hooking. I, I noticed when I was researching bowling, there are a lot of really weird terms for bowling. Uh, like turkey, kingpin, Dutch 200, sleeper, wicked frame. So what what is your favorite term, bowling term, that you like to use? My favorite term would probably be field goal. It's when you have um, 
two pins standing. Usually it's like a split, so it's like not makeable. And someone throws the ball right in between both and hits none of them. And so like we all do like a field goal post with our hands up. What's that called? We just call it a field goal. We're like field goal and like we'll put our hands up. But that's probably my favorite one. I don't know all the crazy ones. There are some crazy ones, but I don't usually say them. I don't know about my favorite um, term, but my favorite thing that I've seen since I've joined bowling is if you leave a five pin directly in the middle and that's like the only pin that's left, everybody will hold up their hands in a five. And if you miss the pin, what they what they say is is you have to buy drinks for everybody that held up a five. And so that that places a lot of pressure when you leave just a five pin. But I thought that was super funny the first time, and so I do it every time I see someone that just left a five pin. And have you ever been a recipient? Uh, for sure, yes, sure, definitely. Okay, here's another term: dirty dozen, which I looked it up. It means twelve strikes in a row in your entire life. Have you ever had a dirty dozen? I've not bowled a 300 before. I bowled three 290s, so it's one strike off, but it's always the first frame. But I have gone, like if you include the next game, I've thrown 12 in a row if you include the last game, but my highest game is only a 290. Only Only a 290. Mine might be a 92. (laughs) I have never bowled a dirty dozen. I think my most strikes ever in a row is, I think, nine, but... I don't really remember, to be honest. But no, I hopefully someday. But And what's it called if you hit nine in a row? Uh, the Fantastic Nine. I don't know. <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> All right, so in sports, we're very familiar with people having superstitions. Um, are there any that you have or anybody on your team that are you know that there's some funny superstitions they have, like they've got to do this before each frame that they bowl? There's one superstition a lot of bowlers do, and it's if the team you're going against stri- um, splits. If the team splits, you don't bowl because they think that if you bowl when they have a split up, that you're going to split. I don't believe in it, but a lot of bowlers do. Like you just stand there and wait for them. You do. To you go. wait till they finish their spare or end up not sparing. But that's some schools. Uh, actually I actually have two. One is. Like, the biggest superstition that I hear is if you're, like Jenna usually does, if you're, like, at, like, five strikes through five frames and somebody says the number two, 300, it's, like, really, really bad. Like, you'll get in trouble. So if anyone's ever six strikes, seven strikes, they're looking like they might have a perfect game, just don't say the number 300 and you'll be fine. And then my other one is, um, that for me, is I have shoes that were given to me by Lynn Griffith who's, you know, um, who was very involved in Lipscomb. And uh, they're these red shoes, and I will probably never stop wearing them. They're getting too small for me, but I don't really care, to be honest. So I'll wear those through my senior year for sure. That's wonderful. So when you're out there practicing, not during a, a game, do you have AirPods? Do you listen to a certain playlists? you have favorite songs that you play? You just listen to the music in the alley? Our school only listens to the music in the alley, but... I think it's the best way because we have to talk to each other and we bond and we're laughing. We do laugh and talk the whole time, always. And sometimes we'll be singing the songs that are playing in the bowling center, dancing to them. We have a lot of fun. But yeah, no AirPods or no phones. In between frames, I usually like to go talk to Coach Ford. Just think about what I did, good, bad. And so, no, I've never listened to my own music. I feel like I feel too isolated because talking and communicating is a huge part of bowling. Uh, it's super enthusiastic all the time, and so just listening to the music in the alley is better for me. 
All right, well, big congratulations to the entire bowling team, uh, the players and coaches. Wonderful season. And to the two of you, thank you for your time today. Appreciate it. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Mustangs Unbridled, an exploration into the lives of Lipscomb Academy's alumni, parents, students, teachers, and interesting folk we meet along the way. To learn more about our school, visit www.lipscombacademy.org. Until next time when the Mustangs run free, this has been Mustangs Unbridled.